The Father wants to manifest himself, make himself real to us every time we look for him. That he has a fresh revelation of himself to show us every time we come to pray, every time we come to worship, every time we open the book. Well, I have been uh, talking a lot recently about the joy of knowing God and the pursuit of knowing Him. Uh, John 17, 3. Now, a few of you should know what that says by now. John 17, 3. What does it say? And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the one true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent. This is eternal life. This is the very essence. This is what it's all about. That we may know him in reality, truly know him, know who we're talking to, be aware of who we are speaking to when we come to him in prayer, being aware of his presence with us, present with us right now, being aware that when we worship him, we're not just singing, but that we're worshiping the one true God. I love that song uh, we sang tonight. I, I first heard it in Hungarian and then found out it had been written in Spanish. You should hear it in Spanish. Man, it is awesome. But I loved it because I actually had some words I understood in Hungarian. Uh, the, the Hebrew names of God, Yahweh, Adonai, Jireh. Our God, our, the same God that they worshipped, as you read about throughout the book, that same God, that God that met with Moses, the I Am. I'm singing to you right now. You know, I, I, I just believe that there is a supernatural awakening happening for all of us that is stirring and calling and inviting us on a pursuit to know him in ever-increasing ways, in this glorious calling to know him. I want to know you. I want to seek your face. And the more we find him, the more the hunger grows to know more about him, to know him and to discover him. And it's glorious. It's a divine awakening that's happening. And I believe that as you give yourself to him, as you yield to him, God is going to stir this ever increasingly in your life. Hallelujah. And it is, it is beautiful. We read about this a few weeks ago in Romans chapter 12. I really like it here in the Passion Translation. I just like the way it puts it. Verse 1, Beloved friends, what should our proper response to God's marvelous mercies be? To surrender yourselves to God, to be his sacred living sacrifices, and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, 
satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Uh, I loved it in this translation because I love that phrase, a beautiful life. What it looks like to live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. A beautiful life before him is one that is free from uh, a tormented conscience. One that is free from fear. And one that is living in a way that is truly free, experiencing all that delights his heart. You know, I believe we, we need to listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit as he will help us. It talks about here in, in verse 1 about our proper response being that we would bring ourselves, offer ourselves continually as living sacrifices. I like the way Andrew Womack puts it. So he says, a living sacrifice, they, they keep wriggling and they can keep crawling off the altar. So you, you keep bringing them. But the reality is that every day after having received Christ as Lord and Savior, being made new creations, we, it, uh, salvation doesn't end there. It doesn't end with the decision. That the decision to receive Jesus as Savior, to repent of your sin and receive the mercy of Christ, to declare Jesus is my Lord, is not the end of the matter, but just the door through which we enter into eternal life. It is the doorway into this glorious invitation to be a follower of Christ, experiencing every day the beauty, the joy of his understanding and knowing the desires of his heart and seeing him help us strengthen us to delight ourselves in him and then he tells us delight yourself in me and I'll give you the desires of your heart and I tell you it is a beautiful life it's not a life free from trouble or strife or pain but it is a life that is sustained and held and kept in a way that is beyond human understanding a peace that passes understanding, joy inexpressible and full of glory. Hallelujah. But it's an invitation to come and to bring ourselves willingly to the altar each day. Sometimes people think about these verses and they think, well, that's all right for the professional Christian. You know, the ones that are paid to work at church. But really, how does someone live as a living sacrifice? And we get these religious ideas that it's some sort of ascetic monkish idea that we've got a, you know, a really devoted life is really one that, you know, doesn't work. And, you know, that's nonsense. If you don't work, you don't eat. Actually, the Bible says, get a job. Hallelujah. It's a good thing to do. It's important. But God wants us to live lives that are continually given over to him in order for us to fully experience the beauty of the life that we've been called into, this eternal life of knowing and experiencing him. So we do that by deliberately coming before him each day, coming to him and offering ourselves up to him and saying, Lord, I thank you that your ways are higher than my ways. Lord, teach me your ways. Show me your paths. Guide me in the way that's everlasting. And as we sang tonight, ask and you will receive. 
If you ask him for help, he will help you. That's the good news, that if you say, Lord, help, today I want to live a devoted life. I want to live my life today as given over as a living sacrifice. Help, Holy Spirit. We can have confidence that he doesn't ask us to do anything that he won't give us the power to see through. Hallelujah. So we bring him our lives as living sacrifices and we we do it as an act of worship to the Lord not as a religious obligation or a religious duty but we do it out of delight knowing that this is actually what my spirit is longing for so often we live conformed to the pattern of the world and this is what this verse here in Romans 12 is talking about. He says, don't be conformed to the pattern of the world. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. The Holy Spirit wants to help you. He wants to help you live truly free. But I think a lot of the culture of the world, as we conform to it or get sucked into it leaves us with a continually bruised conscience that leads us to continually live in a place where we are not experiencing the fullness of the delight of God. And I believe in this time of awakening, the Holy Spirit is out there helping you, saying, come, I'll show you the way. He's going to help you. He's going to reform even the way that you spend your your leisure time, your free time. We, we go, as a family, we often enjoy to sit down, especially at the end of working hard at a long, a long day, to sit down and watch something on the television, right? But it's very difficult to find anything that is not going to actually leave us with a bruised conscience. You know, it, there was a time when we'd like, oh, that'll be all right, we can ignore that, we could ignore that. I can't ignore it anymore. I don't want to go to sleep with a bruised conscience. So we sometimes will watch a, you know, whales or, you know, animals <laughs> or <laughs> children's shows. There's not a lot around. Uh, or 30 or 40 or 50 year old movies that, that I've watched before and I know are clean. <laughs> But, you know, I, I'm not suggesting we have to embrace some sort of Puritan lifestyle but, that's legalistic and rigid, but I'm delighted that we're discovering as a family more and more we just don't want anything that's going to leave us with a bruised conscience. When we were kids, in the olden days, um, my stepfather would turn, he, we went through seasons where he would unplug and take away the plug to the television during the week, during school weeks. So from Monday to Friday, um, you couldn't get the television on. And so we'd be forced to do things like play the piano. And my brother and I got very good at ping pong um, or uh, jump on the trampoline. I'd write songs make chocolate, study. And, you know, we thought we were so hard done by. 
And then the weekend had come and we had youth group and church anyway, so you didn't get to watch it, except I think he had that rule because he liked to watch the football or sometimes the Bathurst car racing, which I thought, why would anybody watch that? Sorry, if you like to watch that. But you know what? It was wonderful because we discovered that there was more to life than just switching off. As I'm studying history and reading about some of the great men and women of God, I, I think they had space to think about really deep things. And we often in our busy lives don't even have space to think or explore or discover or read, find out things. Hallelujah. I believe that the Lord is going to help each one of you discover a way to live your life in such a way that your conscience is free and clear and able to enjoy the fullness of the life that he's called us into. You know, it doesn't mean you, you have to be, you know, busy with something productive all the time. I love watching um, our young adults get together and play board games and, and do things. It's good. It's good to have fun. It's good to rest. It's good to play. But there are ways that it can be done that don't damage and bruise your conscience. Is this okay? doesn't matter if it's not. I'm going to tell you anyway. We're back in Hebrews 11. And we were looking at this last week in verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Been talking about this verse and there's so much here. You could easily read this verse if you have a um, religious mindset is, okay, yeah, I've got to have more faith to please God. I've got to be really diligent to try and, you know, if I really try hard, then I'll find him. I went looking up this word diligently in the Greek, and it's not there. It's actually not even in the original Greek. It, the word is just to seek. But they put it in there because the idea of seeking God is is not... Um, a one-off discovery. It's actually a persistent seeking and finding. So some of the English translations have put diligently in there. And unfortunately, sometimes we can read words like, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him as a challenge. All right, hey, if I do a 40-day fast, then I'll have an encounter. Or if I go to the top of that mountain and I, if I do this or if I do that, then I'll find him. Then I'll have an encounter. Uh, but actually, any thought that we have that we could do something to earn finding God is a deception. Because the truth is that he reveals himself to those little children, that he delights to come and to manifest himself to anyone who will seek him with a heart of faith that believes they will find. And so this idea of diligently seeking him is actually simply 
an invitation that says, if you will consistently posture your heart to know me, to seek me out, I will be consistently found by you. And there will be a consistent flow of reward that is better than you could ever imagine. That, and the Holy Spirit is going to continually strengthen you, manifest Christ, manifest the Father to you, and reveal himself to you in ways that is going to cause your life to be continually enriched in goodness and joy and peace and blessing. It's in the book. I read the whole thing, and it's in there all the way through. Hallelujah. And so it, what this verse is really saying is that God's asking us to believe that he is. We can't please God without faith because God won't be pleased until you are in fellowship with him. Because his heart desire for you is that you would not be lost, but that you would have eternal life. So he's given everyone a measure of faith and those who would put that faith to use and say, Lord, I believe, have mercy on me, will be saved. Hallelujah. And then we come into salvation. We become born again. Hooray. But then he says, uh, as we keep reading, without faith it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is. That is, that we are coming not to an idea or to a cultural thing, but we're actually coming to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We are coming to the God of the Bible, and that as I come to him, he's not just an idea, but that he is real. And that the Father wants to manifest himself, make himself real to us every time we look for him. That he has a fresh revelation of himself to show us every time we come to pray, every time we come to worship, Every time we open the book, every time you look in here, every time you, you look at it, I, I encourage you, make it a joyful thing that you set up in your day, that you have some nice time set aside to open up the book. I like to do it in the morning and then at night time before I go to sleep. I like to have it as a paper Bible too because I don't like to look at a screen before I go to sleep and I don't get distracted as easily with a paper Bible. Um, but I, I set it up as something I look forward to. You know, I'm going to have a cup of tea in the sun in the winter with my Bible. I look forward to that. I look forward at the end of the night, opening up the book with this expectation that God is going to manifest himself to me. I'm going to know God some more as I read this. Oh, this is eternal life. The words of eternal life are found in this book. I'm going to get to know him. And you can study him. You can, I'm doing a study on what, at the moment, as I'm reading through, I'm making myself a list of all the things that God values. Like, what does he value? And Oh, it's exciting. I found something else that's really consistent theme. God really values this. I'm learning how to love him more, how to love him with my life, how to live 
a beautiful life. I'm learning what it looks like as I read through the scripture. Ah, discovering more about this God who I serve, this God I love. And as I come to pray, I don't just pray like I'm sending words out into thin air, hoping that God's doing something or going through my list, praying for my family and praying for my people and my church and all the people. I don't just say it as a ritual or a religious thing that I, you know, I'm doing it because I, I know cognitively this is a good thing to do and I even believe he'll do something. But I approach him intentionally reminding myself that he is. That today as I lift my heart to him, as I lift my voice, I'm not just speaking words out. I'm actually talking to the one who is. I believe that he is for me today, the glory and the lifter of my head, that he is present with me, that he is. The more I think about it, the more overwhelmed I become and the more I have to pray, Ephesians chapter 3, Lord, strengthen me with might in my inner being by your Holy Spirit so that I can know Christ dwelling in my heart through faith that I may be, oh, have power, God, to comprehend this inexhaustible flow of love that flows from your throne. God, I need help not to limit my, my expectation of my experience of you who is right now with me as I talk to you. We can get into a habit. Okay, I'm going to say my prayers. I'm going to talk to God. And that's a good thing. Develop a prayer habit. De make it a habit. Do it. I think uh, experts will tell you you have to do it for at least 30-something days to make it a consistent habit. Do it. Have a prayer habit. But let your prayers not be ritualistic or legalistic or, or religious. Let them be, I'm going to talk to Yahweh. I'm going to talk to the Messiah. I'm going to talk to the one who was and who is, and who is to come. I approach you, I come to you, God, believing that he is. He is present for me right now. As I say, Father, he's not distant, he's not waiting to see how well I pray. He's there, right there, making his face shine on me. There, right there. He is for me more comfort than I can handle, more joy than I'm prepared to receive, more peace than I could possibly understand. You see, if we would get this, we would begin to step into the fullness of the abundant life God has for us. I know I limit him. I'm like, all right, that's enough. I, I know I do, but the more I do, the more my heart wants to begin to yield to him and say, God, yes, give me strength to be able to receive the fullness of who you are. I don't know that I have words to truly express what the journey is that God's taking me on, but it is so high, you can't get over it. So low, you can't get under it so wide. You can't get around it. 
It's an ocean. It's overwhelming. And it's for you. He who comes to him must believe that he is. And when you do that, this concept of bringing your life, your whole life as a living sacrifice becomes an exciting joy instead of a religious obligation. When you come to make choices about what you're going to do, how you're going to spend your time, instead of it being, well, we should do this, but oh, you know, I'm just tired, I'll do this, you, your heart is already postured with, oh, it's so high, I can't get over it. <laughs> so why would, I, why would I bruise my conscience and go to sleep struggling with dreams that I don't need to have because I've been looking at stuff I don't need to look at? I believe the Holy Spirit is inviting every one of us to a change of thinking. And it's a continuous change. You see, you begin on this and he starts inviting you into the fullness of joy. Life and life more abundant. He'll teach you what a beautiful life looks like for you. People have tried to do this and, and, and format it and religiousize it and legalize it and, and it just turns into not a beautiful life but an ugly, religious, self-righteous life. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a life that is freely given, a life that is drawn into. You see, he is drawing us to himself. Draw me unto you and let us run together. He is doing it. God is drawing us. We are living in revival. I tell you, the Spirit of God graciously, overwhelmingly is drawing us. Who can feel it? It's, just, it's seriously beautiful. He is drawing you. He keeps drawing you. It's like you can't get away from it and you don't want to. And it's wonderful. And he's drawing those who don't yet know him. And I tell you, we're about to see a harvest of souls like we've never seen before because the Spirit of God is drawing them. But he is helping us to not miss out on the joy of what knowing God is all about. In knowing him, God wants the pursuit of knowing him to be our driving force in everything we do. In every conversation, in every business thing that we do, in every task that we have to perform, in everything we do, God is wanting to help you personally to learn what it looks like to keep the knowledge of Him as the one thing, the main thing. I want to know you, God, in this interaction. I'm finding it spilling over into my everyday interactions with people. It's like there's even more joy coming and as I'm looking for ways to love people well, I, I can feel the, the Spirit of God leaping out of me with delight about, oh, this will be fun. We could do this for them or we could, we could love them this way. And, and, and it's, it's, it begins to overflow. God wants your life to be an overflow of your receiving and living in the knowledge of Him. Oh, to know Him. This is eternal life, that we may know Him, the one true God, 
and Jesus Christ whom he sent. We love our monthly partnering sessions. This is a testimony from our partners, Ted and Laura. So I've heard the best preachers, best prophets, everything, but I feel you have the right, Catherine has the right good spirit of the Holy Spirit and she moves in the Holy Spirit. And it's fun to watch your healing ministry. So I'm glad to be part of what you're doing because I think you're very, you're, you're where the Spirit's working right now. And it makes me want to love Jesus more and it makes me want to be more beautiful and it makes me happy. And even when I watch you on Sundays or Friday, it's like, I love it. I feel so happy, you know? So I love being with you. Would you consider becoming one of our monthly partners? We love our time with our partners and we'd love to see you as part of our monthly mentoring sessions.